Did any of you guys get to come out and, and experience the fair at all? That was, huh, no? It was crazy, and it's crazy to pull in this morning into the parking lot and see all the stuff, everything's gone. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Because if you were here, it was, it was mayhem, right? It was crazy. I know there's been a whole day since then, but it's amazing how quickly things change, you know? Uh, well, as Matt said, we're spending a couple weeks here talking about how to study the Bible. And I want to rephrase that. See, we keep saying that. We keep slipping with these words. We want to spend a few, works how to, how to, a few weeks thinking of ways to engage Scripture. And uh, I say that because for, for some, studying isn't really a great thing. And I think sometimes we always think of the Bible as only good for studying, you know? Like as if it has no other purpose in life but to impart knowledge to us, which is a big importance. But... Uh, the scripture is the living and breathing word of God. And it's such an interesting thing because especially as, as most of you know, I mean, I didn't believe that was the case as a non-believer. And I, I didn't believe in God at all, let alone Jesus Christ, let alone the living word of God. And, and so to see that experience uh, come to life and to, to, to know the scripture is living is a whole like mind-boggling thing for me. And, uh, and so that's what we're spending a few weeks talking about. Uh, this is the second week of our, of our talk on this. And uh, I just want to talk about last week real quick, you know, because we did talk about studying the first week, because it's kind of thing that everyone thinks about is how to study Scripture. And so uh, we did it last week, and we talked about the three primary movements in studying Scripture, a really easy, easy way to do it. And that's just to observe the text, right? We talked about spending a lot of time in that step. And then uh, interpreting the text, meaning what is it saying? What, are we, what is it trying to say? And uh, again, we talked about how we don't we don't act like we do that, but we all do that. We all interpret the text in some way. And then applying the text, which is the thing that most of us leave off because it's just too hard. <laughs> so we read it and we get it and then we go away. <laughs> and uh, so right now we're going we're gonna to spend some time today, though, talking about um, engaging uh, Scripture in ways besides studying, like other ways that we can engage Scripture in our life besides studying. And I always think of studying as kind of being, you know, did any of you have like teachers who were super strict in the classroom, you know, where uh, you had to go in there and learning was a drag. Like it was, even if you wanted to learn, it was no fun to learn because you were always being put upon. It was never good enough. It was always this. It was, you know, turn around, set forward, feet on the floor. Any guys here? You know, stop touching her, stop touching him. And all this stuff to focus, 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 as if, as if it's such a burden to study. And so uh, we're going to move beyond that today a little bit and talk about other ways we can engage, engage the text. But as we begin, we're going to start like we always do. I'm going to ask you to uh, um, pray with me one more time as we open God's word. Father God, just thank you for this day. We thank you for the, the, the living, breathing word that we're surrounded in right now, that we get to experience your creation. We pray today, Lord, that we would be part of that creation story, that, that our hearts would be renewed today in some way, that our minds would be renewed today in some way, that uh, your, your word would just dwell richly in us today, and, and we know you can do it because you've been doing it, and uh, we just give you praise and glory and honor for all things. We pray, we invite formally your Holy Spirit to dwell among us today, though, as the wind blows, Lord. Uh, may you be glorified, and we pray these things in the name of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, so I wanted to share with you first, because a few weeks ago we started this, I guess, gosh, it's been a, it's been like it's been a long week, right? But um, I sent an email asking, like, I best, it was two weeks ago, right? I best engage scripture when? Do you remember that? Does some of you get that? If, you, if some of you received that email, you should nod at this time. Because yeah, it went to like 300 people, so somebody got that email. 
<laughs> well, what we were, I, so I was basically asking, like, how do you best engage in Scripture? Because we always, we always hear the same kind of formula for Scripture, for reading Scripture. And so I wanted to just share some of these back now, of what you all are doing and the, the uh, innovative ways that you're integrating uh, Scripture into your life. And so I'm just going to read this, and it's kind of like the, um, you know, your redneck thing, except this, I best engage Scripture when. So it's just all completing that sentence uh, from your colleagues. So this is what it says. I best engage Scripture when there are no distractions. What planet do you live on? I best engage scripture when early, morning, early in the morning before anyone wakes up. And lunch hours are good too, especially for peaceful reading. So that's good. That's kind of what we hear a lot of. <clears throat> I best engage scripture when participating in a group study with daily homework. This one surprised me. And I want to read the rest of this because this person says, it's hard to discuss scripture if I've not had a chance to study and meditate on it ahead of time. Because that is not me, <laughs> you know? Like, homework? Oh, goodness, that's so cool that someone digs that kind of studying. That's awesome. And they're, they're actually fed that way. It's a great insight. Uh, I, I best engage Scripture when studying with older, grounded Christians. Man, how often do we miss that one, right? And then there's a caveat to that, too. It's an add-on. It says, I best engage Scripture when I have invested time with a valuable mentor. So it's almost moving beyond the book into this conversation about what this means, what this looks like. We had several uh, uh, suggestions for locations of Scripture in our lives, and uh, I've kind of categorized them in two major areas here, at work and at home. And someone says uh, they put Scripture on their dashboard. And I've shared with you before, I put Scripture on my father's motorcycle when I took a really long motorcycle trip. That was a really cool experience, you know. Or, or stick it around different places where you find it on the trip when you're traveling. Uh, someone said on their computer monitor at work, they have scripture, their favorite scriptures up there to remind them. At home, <laughs> love these two, above the sink, on the refrigerator, on the bathroom mirrors. Boy, I can't do it on the bathroom mirrors. Can y'all do that? Because I got to look at myself and then read the scripture? Uh-uh. You know what I'm saying? That's like a little too much conviction. Uh, above the washer and dryer, I, I enjoyed that one too, you know? Um, Placing a, a, a home-wide scripture all over the house. In other words, one scripture that you want everyone in the house to experience, and this person puts it on the refrigerator and then in every bedroom in the house. So every member of the family has to experience that scripture in some way. That's pretty, that's pretty ingenious. I like that. Here's one. I best engage scripture when being silent and reflecting on things I've memorized or I've heard before. I best engage scripture when I'm praying and then I call people who are brought to mind from the scripture. Well, that's the kind of engagement thing too, right there, right? To continue the conversation with someone else. I hear someone who traveled a lot and they shared this. They says, I best engage scripture when I'm flying on a plane, waiting in airports, being in the hotel room at night, eating breakfast at a restaurant alone, or winding down before sleeping at night. So that, man, there's a whole way. You know, do we do that? Do we take this stuff with us on the road? Do we take this stuff out into the, the far lands that we go? Or do we leave it here? You know, we talked about that. Leaving our Bibles, leaving our scripture uh, at church on Sunday so it's safe. So we know where it's at, you know. Memorizing scriptures came up a lot from a lot of you. Memorizing scriptures is a huge way to kind of ingest in uh, 
Scripture into your lives. Video and immersive studies of Scripture was thrown out there. Um, computer programs. By the way, I took my phone off this morning, but, but you know, if you, you can get amazing stuff like in a little handheld device now. So if you don't want to carry a book, you can carry a little handheld device and do really easy word searches and studies like that as well. Uh, here's, a, here's a great one too. I best engage Scripture when I make an intentional effort to read and pray. Yeah. I mean, does it, take, does it take a decision ahead of time for us to do it? That's what we talk about with habits. Is that what it takes? I best engage Scripture when I take an M&M with me. Does anyone, who, besides who wrote this, because I'm not going to call anybody out, does anyone know what an M&M is? An M&M is when you find a Scripture, you write it down on paper. See, this person has like, they see the future. You write it down on paper, and then you put it in your pocket, so throughout the day, I can memorize and meditate. Take your M&M with you. Pocket Bibles are great because you can put them anywhere and you can stumble across them in your day, someone said. Uh, and then here's another one I'll share with you. I best engage scripture when I'm praying and listening to praise music while taking walks in the early morning. So this would be your time, right? And God brings certain scriptures to mind while I walk. And when he does, I thank him and then try to figure out how that scripture applies to where I am right now. Huh. What a great, what a great way to take a journey with God. Someone else said they best engage when they read a section from each, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalm, and the Proverb. Someone else shared that they are following a Bible in a year plan. 15 to 30 minutes a day, they're going to read the entire text in a year. <laughs> I best engage scripture when I place a calendar on my kitchen table amongst all the bills and other messes that this world throws at us. I love that they put that in there, right there amongst the life happening. And then the last one I'm going to share with you is they, they best engage when they receive daily devotions via email. You know, I, I kind of think that we have to find ways to interrupt our lives with the word. Does that make sense? I, I think that this thing is kind of cumbersome sometimes. You know, you might feel like if you get the book out, it, you're, you're trying to do something. You're trying to say something. Uh, if, you're, if you're at your lunch table, and, you're, you know, and that's why I love the M&M thing. You just kind of look in your pocket, and you're like, oh, that's right. And we talk about that kind of stuff. Putting things in your way that interrupt your day to remind you that there's something bigger going on in your life besides this little thing that's happening right now. I love the one that was about a family-wide, a house-wide study of a, of a certain scripture, uh, a reminder of who we are in Christ Jesus. What a profound thing that would be for a family to experience. Because you know that's where the crisis happens, right? It doesn't happen when you have your Bible out and you're all sitting around getting ready to read. It happens when you're like getting ready to have dinner and you're jerking the refrigerator open or you're, you know, slamming doors in the bedrooms, you know, and then you're like, oh, that's right. So these are some ways that you all share with me, ways to engage Scripture best. And I really appreciate you sharing that with me. I have one further suggestion. And I just loved it because we were talking about, you know, do, the, all these kind of ways we do this. But, but what about writing on your doorposts or writing it on the gates? That's actually, a, uh, that's actually found in Deuteronomy. I'm going to read it to you. It's found in the Shema. And it's in Deuteronomy uh, 6. Uh, for. You don't have to turn with me, but you've heard this before, and we always stop short, and I was amazed when I found out where this falls in the Shema. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these commands that I give you today are to be put upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And here it says in nine, and write them on the door frames of your household and on your gates. It's right there in scripture, right? Other ways to engage the text. It was actually commanded. So that this, this, all this talk, talk about kind of writing a scripture or, or finding a place to put scripture or whatever. How many of you, I have a question for you. How many of you write in your Bibles? Yeah? Um, how many of you could, could, can imagine writing in a Bible? Now you don't have to raise your hand. But there, there, I've talked to people who say, oh, I can't believe you would write in there. It's, it's, you know, and I happen to be, and I, I told you before, a person who writes in my Bible. I want to share this with you. I found this, uh, I bought a Bible uh, recently, and it came with this little red card. Red means urgent, right? Important. And, and this is from Oxford Bibles. I'm not making this up. Um, and this comes in every Bible you buy. This is an Oxford Bible. And this is what it says. How to care for your Bible, okay? One, Never carry note paper, church bulletins, sermon outlines, or any writing instrument in your Bible. Doing so may damage the sewn page signatures. Yes. <laughs> Number two, before using any pen or marking Bible pages, test it first in an inconspicuous... Did you ever hear that before, by the way, when you're doing something in your house and they say, use this on an inconspicuous piece of your carpet? Have you ever found that in your house? Is there a spot in your house where you're like, if you spray it in a stand, it's not going to drive you nuts anyway, you know? But it says, mark it somewhere inconspicuously in your text to make sure it's suitable for writing in a Bible. Oxford Bibles are printed on high-quality, lightweight paper chosen for its strength and opacity to gain the greatest readability on the thinnest stock. And such paper cannot be guaranteed against bleed through, uh, with writing instruments. And highlighters, felt-tip pens, and other liquid pens will bleed right through the page. And oh, it's going to be a mess. Three, <laughs> you know, I just want you to think if you actually did these things. Listen to this one. Do not expose your Bible to extreme temperatures of any kind or moisture. A genuine leather cover, if soiled, may be clean with a damp cloth and mild soap. It should be wiped dry with a soft cloth immediately and thoroughly. When cleaning the cover, care must be taken to avoid moisting the gold lettering on the cover and the book spine. Protect, uh, let's see, oh, protect the gold page edges from rain and snow because this will cause the gilding to lift off. <laughs> and I just go, am I, I got this thing out of the Bible. I'm like, am I supposed to use this thing or what? You know, don't take it out. Don't go. I mean, I just thought it was so funny. I was, uh, I was actually anal about my Bible. Those of you who know me wouldn't be surprised by it at all. But, and I went to a camp one time. And I had been preaching at this camp, and I laid the Bible on the, um, on the sink while I was shaving in the morning. And I kid you not, and I swear it was the Spirit of God, it jumped into the water. It leapt from here into the water, got all wet, the pages, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's wrinkles, and, and it was God's beginning to tell me, it's okay, it's here to be used. And so, uh, so I hope that you have that experience today. Well, the reason I ask all those things is because we're going to spend some time uh, writing in our Bibles today, and uh, I have a, a, one more question for you, and that is this, do any of you write your Bibles? Not write in them, do any of you write your Bibles? And uh, I'm asking that question because I want to share something I found in Deuteronomy 17. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me this morning. Uh, 
That'd be cool. It's right after the Shema. 17, and I was amazed when I found this passage because of what it says, and, and uh, I just wanted to share that discovery with you. Um, this is about the king, and uh, this is, these are the commands when you take the Holy Land, when you go into the Promised Land, these are the things you are to do, right? And this is actually about the king, and so I kind of thought, well, that doesn't really apply to me, but I still love what it says, and I want you to hear what it says today. And uh, starting in verse 18, chapter 17, verse 18, we're going to read. It's all these requirements for being king uh, over the Lord's domain. And this is what it says. When he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law, taken from that of the priests who are the Levites. It is to be with him, you see, and so we're on the right track, and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he might learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees. And not consider himself better than his brothers and turns from the law to the right or to the left. And then he and his descendants will reign a long time over his kingdom in Israel. And so I was, you know, I was amazed by it because I thought, this guy is a king. And the text says he needs to write his own copy of the law. And, and I started thinking, does that literally mean write his own copy? Or does that mean he could have someone else do it for him, you know? And so I started studying that. And it, as time goes on, it seems that the king started appointing scribes. Write me a copy of the Bible. Bring it to me. That way I'll have my own copy, right? But the command was to write with your own hand the law. There's something about the engagement, the process of actually writing every, every little mark and every little dash of the law of yourself that it's going to become very valuable to you, right? And then you're going to carry that copy that you've written with you all the days of your life so you'll never forget. And I love what it says. And you'll never think yourself better than your brothers because he's talking to a king right? And it'd be easy to do that. And, uh, and you'd never forget the law of the Lord. Um, and so, so I just want to share it with you. And we're going to talk, I want to talk a little bit today about, about um, the opportunities we have to engage in the text in different ways and do some different things with it. Do some different things with it. One of my, I'm going to walk back here. I hope you don't mind that. If you sit in the back, I'm, I apologize. But, uh, one of, one of the, uh, my profs spent some time talking about redemption, and uh, he was talking about uh, what it means to be redeemed, you know, what, uh, what that looks like, and I'm just looking for something here that I might be able to use. And because something happens whenever you invest time and, and, and energy and effort and I'm just going to bring this over here to my friend. I'm going to leave this. I'm just going to lay this here. By you. Just leave that right there, Sarah. And, and, you know, he had this way of saying that there's something that happens when we invest time, when we spend time, when we, when we uh, give attention or we're present to a moment, to, a, to an opportunity, to a word, to a thought that, that is redemptive. And I just thought, what a crazy concept this is. It was the first time I had experienced this kind of a thought, and, and it's what we, I think we see in artists. It's what we see when we stand and look at a piece of art, and we go, wow, something's going on here in this piece of art. There's something about being intentional, and you're all, you're all like, what, man, what are you talking about? We're going to get there by God's grace, Right? There's something about being present. I, I got, I'll have something I'll show you. I'm going to walk in front of it. I'm going to turn this off right quick. Flynn, um, I'm going to put this right here a sec. 
we were, we were in, in school and we were told we were supposed to, um, to do something to express our, our journey, uh, our, our narrative. We were studying the Pentateuch, ironically, right, which is the first five books of the Bible. And, and the, the prof said, we need you to do something that explains something of your journey, of your, of your walk, of your, how the word has affected you or, or how your life has been changed or transformed. And I just thought, I'm not, I'm not creative. Are any of you not creative, folks? I mean, that's me, right? I, I, have not, I don't have those gifts. You know, I, that's why I love artists so much, because I don't have those gifts. And, and uh, so I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to do this. What am I going to do? And, and then I started to get this conviction about the scripture that was coming to mind and coming to mind. And uh, I found this board. And um, <laughs> you see what that says right there? Huh? Yeah, I'll tell you a little story about this board. <laughs> I found this board on my kid's swing set. And I found this board facing our neighbor's house. Yeah. Uh, it says, we hate you. Yeah. You see that, Fred? And, uh, and I, I went out there. And at first, I just tore it down. And I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, oh, my gosh. And I put it in there. I, but I, I knew something in me said, save that. And I put it, and it, put it away because I just thought, what is that? So I asked my kids. And what it was is they had created a club. And they had created this club where, you know, it was like the neighborhood club. And then they started making rules for the club. Okay. And then very quickly, there became two sets of rules for the club. And people weren't complying to the rules. And there was a split in the organization. Now, this happened about before lunch that day. So in the afternoon, my sons took it upon themselves to uh, make a lovely sign to remind the other clan that they're not wanted in this club anymore. They put this in their clubhouse. And uh, so I had saved this, and I kept looking at that. And, and then I was reflecting on the scripture. And so I started to, um, to take the board and to think about what I could do, how, how I could express uh, this change this journey I've been on with Jesus Christ. And, and I started to, to think about things like the covenant promises found in the Old Testament with Noah. Something about when you see a rainbow, it reminds you that God loves you and is never going to destroy you again. And so I started, and that's what I did. I took some things, and Chris, right, she goes, how long are you going to spend on this, right? I was just insane because I have no gifts at all. And I started trying to do this thing, and I was making this, and I had this thing. And then I, I put on this layer of paint, that, uh, that crackles, which some of you who are kind of crafty know that stuff, right? You've played with the crackle? Yeah? Um, but then I had this problem because I wanted this to be text. See, I always thought this sign, I really thought this sign was going to be uh, this thing of, of um, this white background and this black text. That's what I thought it was going to be. And then I realized that wasn't the story that I found in Scripture. It wasn't black on white. You see? It was these colors that are breaking through the word. It's this kind of expression that comes right out of the text that's beyond my control, that's beyond my comprehension in some way, and it just kind of filters through. Well, the problem was once I wanted to have that, I had to letter that, and I can't tell you, I can't quite explain to you, I'm going to hang this right here, how much time I had to spend lettering those words. Just like that. And then I realized this began to inform me. And I realized there became something about this journey that this hate was turned on its head. And there was something about these nails and this cross that had changed my life. 
And even though I wanted the black and white answers from the text, there was something greater popping through. And so I'm going to invite you this morning to do something that may be a little unusual. Um, you, did you all get one of the bulletins? I, I did ask you to get one. You're going to need one. If you didn't get one, they're out there. Yeah, they're, they have text on them. And, and we, Matt and I talked about what we should do here, and we decided to do John 1 because we talked about John 1 last week. But I'm going to invite you to spend a few minutes, and this is going to be an individual exercise. And I want you to kind of just reflect on the words. If you want to take your pen, if you have a writing instrument, and you want to trace over the words, I would encourage you to do that. Some other way, by the way, that author book talks about studying the Bible is symbols. If you want to draw a symbol over certain words and see how they kind of correlate, whatever it looks like to you to engage the text, I'm going to invite you to do that. We're going to spend uh, seven minutes just reflecting on this text today. And then I'll give you further instructions at that point. Was that hard for some of you to do? Or no? I'm never sure if that's uh, an age thing where you just start to, it just goes on and on, you know, for me. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you guys, if you, if you want, uh, get together like three, or, three to five people, just kind of, or a couple people even, I'll say even two, you know, and just talk about what, you, what you've seen, what popped out to you in this text, and this is front and back if you didn't catch that, but... Uh, just share a little bit about your, what you've seen and uh, just kind of talk about that a minute. I don't know. Oh, there it goes. Hey, I had to switch the wrong way. Cool. Anyone want to share any insights? Is that a hand, Krista Davis, in the back? She's not even paying attention. That's all right. Nothing. Yeah, that's great. No, that's great. Um, this, this may have been a little weird. Part of what we're trying to do with this three-week series is to actually have us do stuff with text, not just talk about it. I think the habit and the problem and, and some of what we fall into is we show up every Sunday and someone else does, does something for us um, that we can be doing for ourselves every day, just ways that it can be integrated into your life. And so I, even if that was uncomfortable to do that, I, I thank you for indulging us. But, but it was really something that we as um, leadership really want you to be in the Word. And, uh, and this is the things that, these are just alternative ways. Not for everybody, uh, but alternative ways. Anyone have any insights in this text, John 1 1 today, that you've seen or heard in there? You can tell on someone else too. If they told you a really good idea, you don't have to tell it yourself. You can be like, somebody told me the greatest thing. Yes, ma'am. You hate to leave me hanging? Yeah. So lots of names for Jesus. Does it say Jesus in there anywhere? Isn't that interesting? Jesus is even in there. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. That John came as a witness to the light. He himself was not the light, it says, but he came as a witness that all, look at this right there, that all men might believe. That's why John came. And you were saying that's why we come. That's why we're here. You had something? I was going to say, I, I just, what stood out to me was incredible love that God is. To have, you know, Jesus made everything. He was here and made it all. He's always been around. And he came to earth as a baby to save us, and we rejected him. Yeah. And he still said, I don't care. For those who receive me, I'm going to be part of the children, the children of God. Where are you guys getting all this Jesus stuff from? Can anyone help us out on that? 
Where, where's this? Somebody find that out for me. I'd love to. I want to know where it's coming from. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. Don't get that. Did you have something? That it was John the Baptist who came testifying yeah. to the light. Rather than John who wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about it last week. John doesn't give us a great intro to himself. A lot of the books will say, you know, Paul to Timothy or, you know, they, they but this one, the, the text doesn't really have that grand introduction of the text, but it has a grand introduction of Jesus. Anyone else have anything to share? Yes. Oh, hey. Hi. How are you? Right. Hmm. That's awesome. So the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not yet understood it. And that was the, I'm trying to summarize what you just said for the mic. Yeah. The sin problem in our lives. But then to all who believed in him were given the right to become children of God. The good news right after it. Right on the heels of the issue. Anyone else? Yes. Jesus comes right there. Yeah? Yes? You have a big copy. You can't, you're using the... It just says that they asked John the Baptist, is he the Christ? He says, no, I'm not him. I'm just here to make the way. Right. And then the next day, Jesus shows up, and he says, there he is. Yes. Yes. I would say, I'm really not trying. It's funny, though, how we read that into it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus embodies the text. So he enfleshes the... Yes. So it makes scripture all the more important to you because the word became flesh, which is actually where I clearly see Jesus in this too. Also, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the text says. What a profound thought. Yeah, so it's all right there. And it all, you know, I was talking to somebody about that, about, about how it's funny how the word, you know, word is used for Jesus, this person, and the text, the scriptures, and how that's kind of funny. And the, this person said, it's not funny at all. It's actually, it's like intentional that way. There's this blurring. The, the book comes to testify to the man, but the man is the word. And the man's in the book. So the book's the word. Anyone else have any thoughts? This was just something to, and I want to encourage you, if that, if that didn't work for you, don't ever do it again. <laughs> you can write that up to a horrible experience. But if that did something, I just would encourage you to do, you know, maybe take a blank piece of paper and write out the verse that you're trying to study. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of the kind of the Bible in your stuff, and that's awesome, too, to read through a bunch. But I always talk about slowing down some, too, and, and, and trying to figure out what God is trying to say to you right where you're at today. The last thing is, this, the sharing part was awkward, wasn't it? Wasn't it kind of hard to share with others what you'd found? I don't know. Some of us, you know, kind of do that, and some of us have a harder time with that than others. But there's something about the church of Jesus Christ. There's something about what we're doing here, even in the pavilion this morning. There's something about being out here at the Madison County Fair. There's something about coming out here for VBS. There's something about just being who you are in your life, that you are bearing witness to Jesus Christ in your life, if you were his follower. And uh, this word bears witness, but you bear witness as well. And so I just wanted to, to close with that thought with you, that all the time we're sharing what we've learned about the creator God with others in our life. And we talk about unintentional witnessing. It happens all the time. And, uh, but does it have to always be unintentional? 
can sometimes we be intentional about that? If you find something really cool, if you find something really cool, you always share it with people. You're always like, hey, check it out. This is really neat. And, uh, and so I just want to say that part of what we do as Christians in our walk is once we discover something in the word, it is for us first, and we're blessed by it, but it's not for us alone. And we then take that word into the world, like John says, that, that men might believe on him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you today that you've brought your word. Uh, it's always dwelling, always living among us. And we pray, Lord, today that uh, you would have your way in our hearts, that, that all the, the things that we're hung up on, all the things that, that uh, we, we block you out, uh, all the ways that we sin against you and make it so difficult, Lord, we know that your love overcomes all sin and your love overcomes all barriers and your love overcomes all difficulty. And uh, we just thank you that you came uh, to love us in the flesh. And uh, we thank you that you're here with us today. Pray today, Lord, that we would be able to wholeheartedly give ourselves over to you, whatever that looks like, and uh, just thank you and give you praise and glory forever. Amen. I, I want to I talk about one last thing. And uh, look at, someone's got something. <laughs> I didn't talk to Sarah before the service. Did I talk to you before the service? I tell you, I want to tell you something about a, a redemption story. Um, 